let's say you're speaking for 20 to 30 minutes, within 20 to 30 minutes, you can really build that know, like, and trust factor. And I also remind people that everybody's got a speech inside them. Because a lot of people like, I wouldn't know what to talk about. What are the five common questions that you get? You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the show, Laurie, and it's wonderful to have you joining me today. I am so excited to be here, Samantha. And I'm going to say, for someone that's excited, and it is almost bedtime, if this was on my side of the world, I don't know that I would be pulling off the enthusiasm that you are oozing today, knowing that it's bedtime on your side of the world. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Maybe I had a nap this afternoon. Perfect. (laughs) I'd love you to start off by sharing with our listeners a little bit about what you do and the kinds of clients that you work with. Mm -hmm. I am a, believe it or not, a reformed, painfully shy girl who accidentally became a professional speaker. And from there, I ended up speaking in the leadership arena and culture engagement because well, let's face it, I came from a bad job and a bad boss and Uh wanted to help more people have like, how do you create that culture? From there, I ended up slipping into the business world as in using my obsession with coaching, my obsession with growing businesses and coaching and speaking and just like putting it all together. And now I actually help female entrepreneurs grow their business by helping them find the perfect balance between what platform do I use to speak on? Because we all speak on some platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to dive into that because I think yeah. that some people might not even realize they're speakers because of the word. But before we do yes. that, when did you make and why did you make the transition from leadership speaker into the business world? Well... I was looking for a different business model. What most people don't remember is there was an air incident. And when I say air incident, it was a flight incident um, that happened at the Fort Lauderdale airport. A gentleman came out of the, off of this flight, picked up his suitcase, went into the men's room, put together his rifle, Um, whatever type of, of gun this was. I don't really remember, but I do remember that it just brought air flight to a screeching halt. And I was like, I need a different business model because my form of transportation to work Mm -hmm. was a plane. And like, what if I had been like in the air that day? Or what if my husband had been in the air that day? It just, it was just kind of terrifying. So I was like, okay, universe, like I need a different business model. Send me something. And it came, I don't remember how long, but it came in the form of a text message. In a text message. Yes. This is so cool. (laughs) So that text message said, Laurieann, do you write speeches for people? So just a little bit of context on this. This was a woman who had seen me speak several times. She was local to me here in north of Boston. 
And she had also won like a couple of, uh, she had won like a free 90 minute session with me. So this is how we knew each other. And this is why she also had my phone number. And I was like, no. But the kind side of me was just like texting, like, how can I help you? <laughs> and, and the two of us met over coffee because she was three years away from retiring from her government job, which she wasn't going to leave. She'd had a side hustle for five years and had been successfully losing money for five years. Wow. Husband successfully said, losing money is yes. not something you want to be no. successful in. <laughs> Husband said, you can't continue to keep doing this uh -huh. if you keep losing money. So that's what made her turn to me. And I was like, oh, I can show you how to get booked for speaking. I can show you how to write a compelling, captivating, converting presentation. And I can show you how to leverage those speaking opportunities into more. After her first presentation, she walked away with two speaking engagements in other places like referrals. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. she walked away with three full paying clients. And to me, that was a home run. Absolutely. What and a fantastic was, yeah. testimonial to get for your first client. Yes. And I had a ball doing it. It was just so much fun helping her create this um, presentation and new business model. I love that because I think that there's so, and I, I'm sure so many people can relate to this. We have so many experiences in our life. We do so many jobs, so many different, you know, we have so much range of understanding in different areas that it can mm -hmm. be very challenging to sort of distill that and bring it all in and start to think, well, you know, what is it that I'm meant to be doing? Because mm -hmm. there's no straight line from A to B. It's no. curvy, huge, you know, lots of, you know, maybe roundabouts, you know, in there. So it's really cool that you've made that transition in and still brought in the expertise that you had, mm -hmm. which is so cool. And I would have never, like if somebody had asked me, if you and I were sitting over coffee 10 years ago and you said like, where do you think you're going to be in 10 years? This isn't where I thought I would be. I thought mm -hmm. I would still be on stages talking about you know, leadership and how to engage your team and lead them better. And I'll bet you had no idea that COVID was going to happen this year and that would totally oh, turn the speaking no, world on its head. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> and I'll bet you said, thank you, universe. <laughs> I did say thank you, universe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's dive into speaking because mm. speaking is not just speaking on stage. How do you define speaking? I define speaking as one to many. Mm -hmm. So speaking is giving your elevator pitch, mm -hmm. doing exactly what you and I are doing. It's video, it's podcasts, it's not just stages, it's not just Zoom anymore. It's live streaming both, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know, let's even throw in, you know, like YouTube in that mm -hmm. as well, along with others. But it's just a fabulous way to communicate what you do. And I don't know the stats for where you are in the world. However, here in the U.S., there is literally, and this number like just surprises people, 7,500 speaking opportunities every single day. Wow. Let that just like soak in. So there are 50 states. Uh -huh. That's 150 opportunities today, 150 tomorrow, the day after, et cetera. Wow. 
And now because of COVID, what I'm working with a lot of my clients is that there are no boundaries. Mm. You can literally be speaking for organizations that normally wouldn't bring in speakers, Mm -hmm. but they are bringing in speakers now. One of my clients actually spoke for a support group. Now, I never heard of a support group bringing in a speaker, but I was like, wow, like this is opening a whole new Mm. avenue for her. But, you know, it's very cool to be able to to speak, you know, like for a conference that's like over in Europe and then also on the West Coast of the US all in the same day. Absolutely. It's completely changed the way that people are doing Mm. business. And I'm sure that you and I were aware before COVID of, you know, the ability to do this, but it's like the education piece has been taken care of for us. We don't need to educate companies that we can do business in this way anymore. I saw a stat just the other day that said in December, 2019, there were, uh, Oh, no, now I've forgotten. I think it was like 10 million people using Zoom per day. And by April 2020, it was 300 million. So what's happened is that a lot of the corporates that didn't even know or didn't even understand that we could run meetings or conferences or summits virtually, you know, it was always, Mm -hmm. as you say, it's get on a plane and travel there. All of a sudden now they're realising this can be done. And I think that even though plane travel and and live events will come back. They absolutely will. I think that the way they're done will change forever. I always believe that there will be a virtual component now. Absolutely. I was just speaking to a a good friend of mine who is a professor at one of the very exclusive universities here in Boston. And he was saying, you know, because of COVID, they offered their students like a discount for if you if you chose if you feel safer staying home to attend university and he said half of his classes is like their physical students mm-hmm. and the other half is on a screen yeah and he said it just allows like people that live in china to attend class Absolutely. Totally, totally changed Mm -hmm. it. So we have all these speaking opportunities. I know that you and I agree that that speaking is one of the best ways to share our expertise. You're a reformed shy girl. Yeah. How (laughs) I find this super intriguing because, you know, extroverted people get this, you know, but shy people are like, no, no, I'll do something a different way. Right. What was it that made you realize that you needed to speak and, and how did you make that transition over? I think it was a combination of a lot of different variables. Like let's take me back to high school, teenage years. I somehow knew that looking down at tile floors was not going to serve me. Uh-huh. So I, I physically re, like, and I recall this, this episode, like I can look at people in the eye just like for a few seconds and then I can like look away and then look back at them. And I realized, guess what? One, the earth didn't open up and swallow me whole and nobody like beat me up because I looked at them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was slowly like positive reinforcement. Like, okay, like I got this. I also taught fitness classes. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked for a medical device company where I had to actually speak in front of surgeons and physicians. And I was like, if I can talk to, you know, physicians and surgeons, certainly I can talk to other groups of people. Mm-hmm. It really is just a conversation. It, it's like anything that we do, podcasting, for example, mm-hmm. a muscle. Yeah. So how do I strengthen this muscle? How do I just be okay with 
being newbie at this. Um, my first live stream, I wasn't very good. But you know what? Even <laughs> extroverted people are not necessarily good on their first live stream, right? Right, right. <laughs> we all just like, we haven't developed that muscle. So huh. I actually leave my very first live stream up on my Facebook account because I want people to go watch it. Yeah. Go watch how flat and stiff I was because I want people to see like, and now go look at a recent one because it's different because yeah. I've strengthened that muscle and that muscle strengthening is available for everybody. Absolutely. And this was, I was in a conference, actual real life conference. I think it was only last year. And we were talking about video and the speaker was talking about how we compare ourselves to everyone else's, you know, expertise. And he showed Marie Forleo's first video. It's nothing like what we all see as like Marie TV now, I can tell you. And, you know, that's what we all have to remember is that everyone has a day one and the only way that we can get better is to go out and be practising and to be, you know, getting that feedback and going and tweaking and testing and measuring and, yeah, flexing that muscle. My very first speech was not as good as my last speech, which was kind of a long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't. And it's just because my speaking muscle in front of people wasn't strengthened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How important is it for people that are building an expert business? So their business around their expertise and around their personal brand to be out speaking? I think it's phenomenal because within, let's say you're speaking for 20 to 30 minutes, within 20 to 30 minutes, you can really build that know, like, and trust factor. And I also remind people that everybody's got a speech inside them. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people like, I wouldn't know what to talk about. What are the five common questions that you get? Mm. What do people constantly ask you about your business, about your business model, about your process, about your industry? Everybody has a story. Everybody has that, that, that information. But speaking is just the... Um, it positions you as the expert, mm. you know, in the front of the room, on the Zoom call, on the podcast. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So once we know what those five questions are, and that's so perfect because we're speaking to serve our audience, not just to share a story for the sake of sharing a story. Right. So I think that's so perfect. How then do you actually pull your, like, how do you know, how to put the introduction together, how you get your messaging right for your audience, how to pull in which stories. Obviously, as a professional speaker, you've got some sort of, well, I'm guessing some sort of methodology <laughs> to help people do this. <laughs> That's a guess, but I'm pretty sure I might be right. <laughs> well, I kind of do. So how much time do we have? <laughs> okay. I think of speaking as very similar to a sales page. Your first opening line you need to give people a reason to put down their cell phone and lean into you and listen to you. Mm. So that can come in the form of a quote, a startling statistic, just um, something that's like, just makes people like, Oh, I need to listen to this. Then I need to know a little bit about you. Why should I listen to you? So this is your second part. Why do I need to listen to you? So tell me a little bit about your experience that gives you permission to be in the front of the room. Mm -hmm. 
And also maybe something a little personal. I always like to tell people, like, if we were sitting over coffee, here's a few fun facts that you would learn about me. It makes you human. Yeah. Then you go into, it all depends on how long you're going to speak for. I like to tell my clients three points. You're going to have a point and you're going to have supporting data or a story to go with it. Mm -hmm. So you'll have those three. Then you have your Q&A. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are surprised by, well, why isn't my Q&A at the end? Because you want to make sure, and this is like key, is that we never end on something that you, didn't, you weren't able to answer. So That's let's, so good. Yeah. So let's just say somebody asked you a question that has nothing to do with what your expertise is. And uh-huh. I have actually seen this happen. Yes. You want to make sure that like you always end on your material. Uh-huh. So how do you bring the Q&A to a close? You just say, hey, I have time for one more question. Uh-huh. That one more question gets asked and then you say, okay, let me just bring this, you know, like bring this to a close. Let me just summarize you like people, your audience knows that it's coming to an end. And that's when you can make your call to action. But throughout your presentation, you want to talk about the ways that you help people. I have never heard someone putting the Q&A sort of back from the end. I've never heard that before. And it makes so much sense because mm-hmm. when you end on a Q&A, even with it, like I think about some really, really great speakers, it's flat at the end. They're not yeah. finishing with that really impactful, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we're here for. This is, you know, whatever that call to arms is, I guess, which most good speakers really do rally the troops. Um, It gives us a chance as an audience to show them appreciation in a way when it feels still so much more heightened emotions, I guess. Yeah. And you have that control when you end on your words. Mm, So good. So you mentioned adding in data or story. Does this depend on who you are and whether you're data-driven or whether you're story-driven or do we need to make sure that we put in both for the audience that's listening? Because I know that if I'm giving a lot of data, it sometimes can come across a little bit insincere because I'm a a more passionate kind of Mm emotion-driven person than a data-driven person. I like to tell people, like, you want to put a little of both Mm -hmm. because you never know who's in the audience Mm -hmm. unless you know... I'm speaking to an audience of CPAs, of engineers who are very left brain. Give me numbers, numbers, numbers. In that sense, then, yeah, give them more numbers because they're probably tuning out when you tell them a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. So we're in a time where a lot of our speaking's online. We're doing a lot of virtual speaking. Mm-hmm. How is, for someone that's listening that are like, yep, okay, I really want to get myself out there more. What are some things that they can do right now to get more speaking opportunities? Live streaming. Mm-hmm. Just start live streaming. One of the things that I noticed, and this was a few years ago, is that somebody who was considering me for their conference was watching all of my live streams. I actually got somebody who like, I was like, I sent him an email to follow up and say like, is there any information that you need? She's like, no, I need to just go finish watching your live streams. Wow. Because your live streams just bring out your personality. Yeah. 
So show your personality because that's what meeting planners want to see because mm. it's going to be on stage. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that those days of the really, really polished and uh, maybe polished is not the right word because speakers are polished, but you know that that personality that's almost like untouchable. I think yeah. those days are gone and I, I loved it. And you probably wouldn't have seen this over in the States, but Jacinda Ardern, who's the Prime Minister for New Zealand, was live streaming every night when they first shut down the country for COVID. She was sitting on her sofa, just in her sweats, and Mm -hmm. just live streaming what was happening in her country to people, like whoever wanted to tune in. And I, even I was like, how cool is that? That is yes. so cool. Like I could not imagine our prime minister doing that or, or your president doing that, but it was, <laughs> it was very cool to see that and see the realness and that we're starting to understand that we want to see the real person, that we want to have a connection yeah. with people now. We're all real people. Nobody likes somebody who's perfect and polished. And when you think of like how many reality TV shows are out there, you know, people want real life. And mm. so that this live streaming on the couch, like your prime minister, perfect. Yeah. You know? And talking about that perfect and people want to see, it was interesting because I ran a webinar a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and um, there was a couple of slides that I'd left in there that they'd sort of been hidden. So I'd gone through my presentation many times, but they, was, they were hidden and it wasn't until I went through it and they sort of popped up in the middle of my webinar and I went, oh, okay. And I'm just skipping through. So, whoops, sorry about this people. You know, at the time I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened. But I was like, let's, let's pretend that, you know, we'll just keep going. Do you know, I had so many people reach out and say to me, Sam, that was the best part of the whole webinar because we saw how well you just moved through it. You didn't completely drop the ball and it made us feel so much better because your stuff is normally quite polished and we realised, oh, Sam's human too. So where I was devastated at making the mistake, what it did was open up the door for other people to reach out and say, actually, that just that learning in itself gave us so much. So thank you. So we, we can't ever underestimate the power of showing up in a real and raw and authentic way. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about those live streams, do you only ever talk about your area of expertise in your live streams? I'm trying to think if I've ever spoken about something. I might have there's probably a few of them where I've talked about something that I'm just passionate about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. And I think that's a part of like, it's just part of who I am uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and my personality and what I like and dislike. I mean, I know that there are live streams of me sitting on some cement steps just because I was like, Hey, I wanted to jump on and here's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> you yes. know, just something very random and not like in my office, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was asking that because I think it's really important as experts to have people know exactly what it is that we do and to really mm-hmm. know our expertise and what you were doing by sharing your passions. It was still tied back to your expertise. So people know what it is you do. They're not thinking, oh, here's Laurie-Anne showing up on Facebook Live and it's great. We love to see her face, but we have no idea what she does. And I think that this can really confuse people because they're live streaming but without a purpose. Yes. And to be able to always 
tie that into like, here's the business lesson. Here's the, here's what I want you to walk away with knowing because you can take an everyday moment and here's the lesson in leadership. Here's the lesson in building your business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know that. Yeah. Having that, you need to understand what that golden thread is so that you can bring it back. So it's okay to share what it is that you're passionate about, but it needs to be tied back. And when we can do that well, that's the no like, the no yeah. and like factor of you. But it's also, we not just trust you as a person, but we also trust that you know what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. How do you, what tips can you give to people that are really unsure of what that message is or getting clarity around their specific area of expertise? Because I know that this is something that you also talk about. So how do you find your area of expertise? Well, what are people coming to you for? Mm -hmm. Why are they hiring you? Um, those are a couple of areas. Like what is the problem that you solve? Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's not just the problem that you solve. It's sort of a combination of that, what you're passionate about and what the market is willing to pay for. Mm. So those are three different areas because you can be passionate about something and nobody's willing to buy it. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be broke mm. versus you're talking about something that you're not really passionate about. You've got experience. The market is willing to pay for it, but there's a lack of enthusiasm. Mm. When you can have all three, my experience, my enthusiasm, and the market is willing to pay for it. That's when you've like, I mean, that's, that's what the you want sweet, to talk about. That's yes. the sweet spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And, and I just want to add, sometimes it's about changing the wording. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned this. Please, please deep dive into this. Okay. <laughs> sometimes it's just changing the wording, such as, and I'm going to use the years ago, companies were hiring customer service speakers. Uh-huh. Teach us customer service. Guess what? Nobody's hiring customer service speakers anymore. Mm -hmm. Customer engagement. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like, let me just change the wording. Like what is the wording that your customer, your buyer is using? Mm. That's what you want to, you want to use that. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was just talking to my clients about this on a coaching call this morning that we can, especially I notice in coaching circles, we can get caught up talking with our special language but that language is for our little private conversations. It's not the language to use out yeah. with our ideal clients because for them, we may as well be speaking in another language. Well, it is another language. They don't hear it. They don't understand it. They don't stop and listen. And they exactly. certainly don't engage. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Awesome. I know that you've got a, a resource for people that are maybe – not reformed shy people yet, maybe reformed shy people, even maybe people that are extroverted but don't, you know, are a bit afraid of sharing that message. Mm -hmm. I would love you to tell us a little bit about what that is. I do have a, like a, a little ebook. It's how to go from petrified to profit. It's five things that you can start doing right now to build that visibility and speaking muscle today. And there's small things that you're probably already doing, but you're sort of overlooking them, like the ability to go live stream, like mm. the ability to get on people's podcasts, or even how do I get speaking engagements? 
Mm, absolutely. They're still out there, even though we're not speaking in person, there's still a lot of speaking engagements out there, there to are. be booked. Mm -hmm. So where do we go to find that resource? We can get that at speakandstandout.com forward slash resource. Love that. And of course, as always, we will put that link in the show notes. So if you're out for a walk or you're having a up and out on the treadmill right now and you can't get to your computer, then the link will be in mm -hmm. the show notes. Laurieann, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been fabulous to speak with you and to get your take on how we can get our message out there in a much bigger way because, you know, it's, it's, it needs to be shared. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> Thanks you. so much. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samantharileyglobal forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts and change makers over at samantharileyglobal forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one -on -one level at hello at samantharileyglobal. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.